Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me today is Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm fired up. I'm ready to talk about some some news in the NFL before we even get started into fantasy, but I'm fired up. It was another excellent weekend of football watching with some highly entertaining games, regardless of what Tom Brady <laughs> Killing him with some big energy. All right. Yeah, I'm ready All to right. go. Let's do this. So let's talk about what Tom Brady thinks. I know you've got some personal feelings about that. Tom Brady was asked in a press conference what he thought about how the league, the parody in the league is more up. That's how the, the journalist worded it, that the parody in the league is up, that games seem a little bit closer, and that there are a lot of two and two teams out there. Um, and Tom Brady's response was, yeah, I think there's been a lot of bad football played. And all I'm thinking of is, what are you talking about? Like, this is a guy who is, what, what is he, 59 <laughs> years old? Uh, he looks like a skeleton. Like, he's he's done. He's finished in this league. And he's the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Not this year. But he's the greatest of all time. And I keep thinking every single week I've come on this podcast and be like, wow, what a, like exciting weekend. Every single football game, with the exception of two or three that I've watched, have been incredible theater. They've been close. Um, you didn't really know who was going to win. I do think the parity in the league is up. It's a little bit more balanced. You know, want to know what one of the bad games was? Rodgers versus Brady. That was bad. All of Brady's games have been awful because he can't do anything anymore because he's too old. He stayed in the league one extra year. None of this takes away from any of the amazing accomplishments that he had. I don't know what he's talking about when he says that. I My perception is the league parity is up, which I like. I like a league that's more balanced. It's not fun to just be to just have a regular season when it's like, well, we're just waiting for Kansas City and the Buccaneers to play in the Super Bowl. They're both six and zero. They're both seven and zero. They're both eight and zero. They're both nine and zero. Like that's not fun. That's not interesting. At least this year, when it comes to your super early Super Bowl candidates, you've got to put at least five or six teams in there because I think the parity is up. So that's my comments. That's my thoughts on on his comments. I don't know how you feel, Josh, but I think the league has been entertaining and the games have been entertaining. Um, I, I agree with you on the parody side of things. Um, and, I, and I certainly agree that they're entertaining. But I do think he's not entirely wrong about the bad football uh, because there have been quite a lot of scenarios um, where, where teams just aren't... And, and maybe it's more of a coaching problem but teams aren't executing properly like for example the clock management issues that were plaguing denver for the first few weeks not calling timeouts when they should Mm -hmm. letting the clock run down you know not really hustling Uh, justin fields and the chicago bears you know like they're behind by two or three scores and they're not throwing the football um, just this past week with Kyler Murray sliding before getting the first down and then spiking the model immediately and forcing a field goal that missed mm-hmm. and they ended up losing the game because of. Um, so, some dumb decisions, some yeah. bonehead decisions. You can add to the, the Monday nighter this week into that, right? The the coach's decision to go for two as opposed yep. to buy the game. Um, that was another example. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's, I don't think what he's saying is wrong, that there has been some bad football, but I don't think, 
it's been bad football across the league. I think each week there's been one or two games where there's been bad problems that shouldn't be happening in the highest level of football there is. But I, I do agree with you. It has been exciting. And the parody is certainly up. I mean, we, we've seen upsets pretty much every single week now. I mean, just most recently we saw that. That's what makes a league yeah. interesting. That's what makes a league interesting is the idea of your your team that you think is going to win not winning. Now, I, I get it. I get there's betting involved and people are upset. You, I promise you, it would be boring to sit here every single week and be 100% right all the time. You're, you're one of the few people, Josh, who would like that. You would be happy if you were 100% oh, yeah. right all the time. But the rest of us need those parodies. You need the up and down. You need the thing because that's what keeps it interesting. It what keeps it really fascinating to not know 100% what's going to happen is what makes it more interesting. So I, I can see the point you're making. I just disagree with the overall assessment that because of those things, it's different this year than other years. Every year, there's bonehead coaching decisions. We're talking about that constantly. It seems to be a constant narrative this year in the playoffs all the time. So I think that it's just, you know, mistakes that are made. But to to say there's been a lot of, like, that makes it bad football, I, in my opinion, I just disagree with that. I think that the making mistakes is what makes great entertainment. And what sometimes gets forgotten about sports is that this is an entertainment first. Oh, I know everyone's out there going, what? What are you talking about? It's not an entertainment. Yes, it is. But it's not an athletic thing. That's second. The sport and the athletic side and even the athlete, that's all secondary. It's entertainment first because without your fans, you don't have a league, period. Just wouldn't exist. And that's something that, I mean, I, I get a little testy about it, Josh, because I'm, as you know, I'm in the arts. And the arts field has the same problem too. They try to put the art above the like entertainment side of it. But if you think about it as an entertainment value first, you'll never go hungry ever because you'll be doing things for entertainment value, just like a podcast, right? We've got it. We got to come out and be fiery and be entertainment first because that will oh, get you, people you to came come with back. the fire this week. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Tom Brady sucks. There you and go. for the third week in a row, <laughs> that is Mike at ConquerYourDraft.com. Um, but talking about bad coaching decisions, too, a little segue. Um, we've seen our first coach of the year to be fired with Matt Rule in Carolina. Yeah. Were you surprised by that? Or, or did you think that this? You no, saw this I saw that coming. coming. I would have been surprised if after this really? week uh, it didn't happen. Um so tell me why, like, tell, in your opinion, like, why is this just well, not just a surprise for you? since that week one game, Carolina has been on a downward slide. I mean, they've won once. They're not using Christian McCaffrey very effectively. They're, they're not really using any of yeah. their, their stars effectively, you know, like Baker Mayfield's not targeting DJ Moore that often. He's not, he, he started in the past week, checking it down to Christian McCaffrey a bit more, but we should have been seeing that the whole time. Mm-hmm. Their defense is not what it used to be either. So when you have a middle of the pack bordering towards bad defense and an offense that can't score, <laughs> like that's at the end of the day, that's a coaching problem. And he's always going to be the one who's on the chopping yeah. block first. Now, do I think it's going to fix anything for this season? Probably not. But yeah, it's better to try to at least salvage it before it's too late. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree. And I think... I think for me, the only reason why I kind of the coaching firing is always the first 
thing you do because it's it, frankly it's the easiest thing like if you're a general manager it's easier than training anybody it's easier than doing anything it's fire the coach bring in a new voice see what happens i just kind of agree with you on that statement of is this really going to do anything like probably like probably not right like there's no i don't think this year is salvageable to, for them but this general manager brought in baker mayfield and, and, you know, brought in these pieces and it hasn't worked. I thought the same thing. I thought Mayfield was going to come in and have a great year. He's going to have a bounce back year. You often see that when a quarterback switches teams. But both him and Russell Wilson have looked just lost. And I just, like the Panthers and the Broncos to me have such a similar trajectory here where they're just not... The pieces are not coming together for them, I think, the way that maybe the general manager thought. So maybe a new voice will do something. But I agree. I don't think this year's salvageable. They're not suddenly going to become a playoff contender. No, certainly not. And now I believe I read that Baker Mayfield is going to be out for a few weeks with a foot injury. So we'll have a chance to see Sam Darnold leading the offense, which, again, not really an improvement, but it is a change of pace. <laughs> For all you Sam Darnold fans out there, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if those people exist, but if they do, I'm sure that they are (laughs) pumped. Um, Again, I don't know. You don't think that there's some Sam? You think even Sam Darnold? Okay, family family excluded. Family excluded. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) It'd be funny, though, if all the Darnolds have like Mayfield jerseys. (laughs) But I don't think that's going to change much either. It might maybe elevate the supporting cast like McCaffrey and DJ Moore. But I think the team's season, you can kind of see where that's heading. Well, and do you want to quickly, you texted me about a little rumor that you heard and it's fine. We can just report that it's a rumor. We're not saying this can happen, but there's a bit of a rumor about some other change that might happen to the Panthers. Yeah. So the bills have been inquiring with the Panthers about acquiring Christian McCaffrey. So if, if that were to happen, then I, I think the Panthers are fully committing to a rebuild mode and they're just giving up on probably this season and, and possibly next season. And that would certainly solidify Buffalo as the top Super Bowl contender, I think, because that's the one thing that they haven't been able to use is an effective running game. They haven't had to because of how Allen and Diggs and Gabe Davis have been playing. But I think if you brought that kind of level of running back into your offense, you'd almost be forced into running the ball a bit more or at least having him as a third receiver so in ppr formats he would do very well i don't know if you play standard if you would see that much of an improvement for mccaffrey but in ppr leagues yeah he would definitely get a huge increase if that trade were to happen but i i can't see it happen it would certainly it would certainly be the type of thing that you'd have to wait and see for a non PPR league, like, like the league we're in, I just happen to think he'll get more, he will get more touches by, by way of if they have a featured back that they trust more than Singletary, they would go to him a little bit more, try to establish a running game. But then, yeah, like you're saying, he just becomes the third receiver, which they have kind of, they've got a lot of younger receivers, but they've sort of danced around and played with a couple. But I think, I think McKenzie was hurt from a couple of weeks ago. So they don't really, and Knox is hurt. So I don't think they really have that third option that they're comfortable with. And this would, this would do it. This would give them that third option. So I do think it, it would be, if that trade were to happen, I think the bills would have to give up a lot in order to do that. I just have, if I was the bills, I, I might pay the price 
even if it was, you know, a couple first round draft picks and probably Devin Singletary or like maybe Zach Moss, or like another young piece out of the offense going back to Carolina, I'd pay that price because this is their year. This is like, this is it. Allen is playing the best football, at least now and in the next couple of years. I think this is your window. I think you absolutely give up something. Try to get Christian McCaffrey because if you have McCaffrey and Diggs and Allen, like, is there a better one, two, three receiver quarterback running back punch in the league right now? No, def- definitely not. And, and you're absolutely so. right. This is their window. They're, they're the teams are basically opposite sides of the same coin, you know. So if the deal were to go through, mm-hmm. it's Buffalo doubling down and saying we're sacrificing our future because we want a Super Bowl this year and or next year, and the and the Panthers are saying year, yeah. we're giving up on this season, probably next season as well. And we're going to have a ton of draft picks to basically rebuild from the ground up. Um, I would be a little worried, though, with maybe Gabe Davis and possibly Stefan Diggs, depending on how the Buffalo offense shook out if they took Christian McCaffrey. But uh, that would be something that you'd have to wait to see until it actually happened. So um, we'll move on to taking a look at some of the games this week and uh, some of the standouts and busts for uh, fantasy. So we'll start with our quarterbacks like normal. Um, we just spoke about him, but Josh Allen. I mean, this is why he was the QB1 for the past few years, and I would be surprised if he doesn't finish that way this year with four touchdowns and an interception. I mean, it it's the easiest decision in fantasy football, I think, because you're not starting anyone over him. Yeah, he had a, a heck of a week, and that's just going to continue. <laughs> There's no question. So some other quarterbacks were Geno Smith. He had a great game, ultimately losing to the the Taysom Hills. I mean the the Saints. Um, curse. Yeah, I want to I want to move <laughs> on from Geno Smith immediately because I'm just going to start yelling at you um, because it was your suggestion that made me uh, play Trevor Lawrence over Geno Smith. So for the good of the website and the podcast, uh, let's don't worry, we're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence too. Yeah. Um, oh, good. <laughs> Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, and Derek Carr both had great weeks. Some bad weeks this week. We had Davis Mills, who I think he's just there because they need an 11th body on the offense at this point. I mean, it's basically just the Damian Pierce show. So I don't know what, what he's doing. There, I can think of 31 other quarterbacks, maybe even 37 other quarterbacks you should play over Davis Mills. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think it'd be a coin flip between Davis Mills and Justin Fields at this point. Um, although <laughs> Justin Fields actually yeah. had a good week this week, so maybe maybe he's finally edged out Davis mm-hmm. Mills. Um, Jared Goff get, and the Lions shut out Ugh. by the Patriots after a huge week. Just terrible. Yeah, that I did not expect no. that at all. No, now... The Patriots defense is much stronger, but I I still thought he'd be able to put something up, you know, even without, I guess Mm -hmm. he had Amon Ross St. Brown back, but in a limited capacity, they might have been better off just leaving him off for an extra week. Um, Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton, Bailey Zappi. I mean, to be fair, nobody expected him to have a good, no one's expecting much from him. So if he busts, that's not going to hurt you because he shouldn't be on anyone's fantasy teams, really. Uh, Kenny Pickett, which we projected to have a poor game, and and he did. But when you're going up against Buffalo, I mean, that's just a given. Matthew Stafford, Ryan Danahill, Daniel Jones, Cooper Rush, and, of course, Trevor Lawrence. 
Now, did did you watch that game, yeah. Mike? Okay, it, it was painful to watch, wasn't I it? I did. It was. It, that was a painful yeah. game to watch. Yes, I will agree. That was. That would be one of the th- three or four that I've watched. That was. That was yeah. Painful. The only reason that I enjoyed watching it was because I have Damian Pierce on all my fantasy teams, and to ke- <laughs> so to see him run as well as he did was the sole highlight of that game. But I mean. Nothing with the Jaguars offense is working. And that's two weeks in a row now that they've been bad. So I don't I don't know if something's if the wheels have fallen off there or what's going on, but I don't know. I would probably be hesitant starting them f- until we see something different. But this week coming up, they're gonna be going up against the Indianapolis Colts, who for some reason they seem to always just obliterate. So maybe maybe that'll be the change of pace game that they need, but I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't recommend starting any any Colts until we see differently now, or any Jaguars. Sorry, until we see differently. And Jaguars, yeah. I they had such a promising start, but these past couple weeks has, have not been good. Like the script has really been flipped on them. So yeah, I think that that's. I think you gotta wait on them before you start. Absolutely, them. I agree. Uh, we'll move on to running back. So Austin Eckler uh, decided he actually liked scoring touchdowns, so he was going to keep doing it. Another two touchdowns this week. Yep. <laughs> um, Josh Jacobs uh, last night in the Chiefs. Now, I was actually really impressed by how well he was running. And I don't know if that speaks more to how bad the Chiefs are at stopping the run or if he was just on fire because they could not slow him down at all. Like It seemed like every time he was running the ball, it was going for like five, six yards. Um, Leonard Fournette, Brees Hall, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, all the big names had big weeks this week. Great um, weeks. Yeah. Some lesser known ones, though. Like, Well, actually, in the San Francisco backfield, we had two high-finishing running backs. We had Tevin Coleman and Jeff Wilson Jr., both uh, who uh, had a touchdown. Well, Coleman had two, Jeff Wilson had one. So that's good. Ramondre Stevenson, unfortunately for Damian Harris, he went down early with an injury. But uh, we, like we said, to start both of them, if you had them, Stevenson picked up from where Harris left off and absolutely destroyed the Lions' defense on the ground. Mm-hmm. Some busts. Daryl Henderson. I, I don't know if you can keep him on your team after what we saw this week. He did not have a single carry. And... Yeah, His only was involvement rough. was four receptions for 30 yards. That's may, maybe keep him on your bench an extra week to see if things revert, but it seems like they don't want him running the ball and they want Cam Akers running the ball. Clyde Edwards mm. Alaire, the wheels finally fell off. I have been saying for weeks that the hyper efficiency <laughs> would not last and the shoe dropped finally. He had nine rushing mm. attempts this past week and that was only good for 15 yards plus three receptions for 20 yards. So he had the same amount of carries, or he had one more carry, sorry, than Jarek McKinnon. So he's splitting work pretty evenly now, and I I don't see why they would change. I mean, they were in a close game last night, so if they were really going to lean on him, that would have been a time to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And without scoring, without scoring a touchdown for him, that's rough. Like, he, if you've got him on your fantasy team, you need him to score in order to really get your points because the yardage just has been too inconsistent for him. So yeah, you were right this week. It just kind of fell off. Um, I mean, will that be the trend? It's going to be interesting. I mean, Kansas city is one of those teams 
that you just don't know. They they could have great offensive weeks and he he could get a touchdown or two. But it's, oh, absolutely. it's a big risk. And they got yeah, Buffalo and, this and that's week, what so I've been saying the whole time. Like I know it's hard to sit a chief, but unless he scores a touchdown, you get nothing. Like even in PPR formats, mm-hmm. he had six and a half points, I think. So even with the extra even with the extra points that you hate so much, he still did poorly. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. he, he's kind of like the James Conner of last year. If he's not getting into the end zone, he's not doing very much. But at least James Conner, towards yeah. the second half of the season, he was still getting a fair amount of work. He wasn't really splitting it with yeah. one and two other running backs. Yeah. Save him for bye weeks. Save him for when other people get injured. You know, keep him, but... I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's a no. And unfortunately, though, I think a lot of people are in the situation where he has to be just based on their other options, right? So right. you're just praying yeah. every week. And like, if if I had him on my team, I probably would not want to watch the Chiefs play because I would just get so frustrated <laughs> waiting to see if he would score a touchdown and then watch Travis Kelsey score four touchdowns. But we'll talk about him in a bit, right? Um, Antonio Gibson. I, I think the end is here for him. Brian Robinson in his first game back from the uh, lower body injury that he suffered from being shot during a carjacking, he had nine carries to Gibson's three and he had 22 yards to Gibson's six. So neither of them were effective for fantasy. Like if you started either of them, you got screwed, but the writing's on the wall that Gibson's on his way out. So if you could find someone who is willing to take him, now was probably your last chance. Otherwise, he's going to be pretty useless to you unless Robinson goes out again. Uh, some other busts this week were Najee Harris, James Robinson, well, everyone on the Jaguars offense, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny. So bad news for the Seahawks. Fractured tibia. He's gone for the season now. And what's even worse for Rashad Penny was this was his prove-it year. He was on a one-year contract to basically show he still had what it takes to run in the NFL. And now after a relatively mm-hmm. strong start to the season, he's he's gone again. So hopefully he can find a team willing to take a chance on him next year if he chooses to return. But just you, you hate to see someone who started off so well have such a bad injury and kind of lose yeah. it in their prove-it year because that can probably that could be career-ending for him, really. Uh, Damian Harris had another, uh, like we talked about earlier, he left with an injury. And J.K. Dobbins for, I don't even know how many weeks now in a row, Lamar Jackson has been the leading rusher. I don't know what to tell you to do with Dobbins because until they start leaning on him a bit more, he's he's just going to be a disappointment. But Lamar Jackson is just so good at rushing the ball. like It doesn't seem like they want to. It's kind of like the Devin Singletary, Josh Allen, like we talked about last week, you know? Ultimately, I think Dobbins will get more work than Singletary, but they're both they're both limited by the fact that their quarterbacks are good at running the ball. So we'll move on to wide receivers, and Gabe Davis is back, baby. I mean, what a week. He only had three receptions, but 171 yards and two touchdowns. Like two touchdowns. That's all they need to be. You only need three receptions if two of them are going yep, to touchdowns. He, uh, I don't know if he finished as the wide receiver one on the week. I think he did the last time I looked, but uh, if not, he was definitely in the top three. I mean, that's kind of a scary play if he's only going to have three receptions a week, but if those three receptions are deep downfield from Josh Allen, then there's value there. And I mean, keep in mind that all the starters were not playing in the Correct. fourth quarter. Yeah. 
So maybe maybe if it had been a closer game, he could have been out there getting a bit more. But it kind of seems like he might be mm-hmm. like the Tyreek Hill for the the Bills, that deep downfield threat. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't haul one of them in, you're going to have a bad week. But when he does, it can win you your week easily. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett. Uh, I don't know if maybe he found out that I said you shouldn't play him this week and he took that personally, but he went out and had 104 yards and two touchdowns on just five catches. So, hey, what do I know? <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, yeah. a little bit, but. Um, yes, I mean, that's, again, it's it's hard to predict every single week. Yeah, DK Metcalf started off strong. It looked like he was going to be running the show, and then halfway through the game, they switched gears, and Lockett took over from there. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan yeah. Diggs also had a great fantasy day behind, uh, behind Gabe Davis. He had eight catches, though, so he's still the, the target volume there. Yeah, and so fans know I have the Diggs-Davis combo. Uh, that has been, uh, I've, I've taken some heat in our league for that. Uh, especially from me. Not, I didn't hear a peep. Yes, especially from you. But not, you, know, you weren't the only one, though. You, you were one of them, but you're not the only one. But uh, did, didn't hear much from everybody yeah. this week, though. Well, didn't you know, much. I'm pretty sure your father was in the same position last year. And it works when it works, but when it fails, it, it bites you hard. So. Yeah, you just, I mean, you have to have. Um, you have to have other, other options, which I do. I'm, you know, uh, sometimes when I think people, when, especially you, you're not the only one, there's probably about four people in our league that seem to look at specifically my team and think I don't have a bench that I could like play someone else. It's like, Oh, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to do. Come by weeks. What are you talking about? There's a waiver wire. I have a bench. I have a plan. I... Don't worry about it. I'm in second oh, place. In first place Oh yeah, right. You are, but you, but but in five weeks of action, I've outscored you twice, and you've outscored yeah, me. Yeah, but times. I've I'm still leading the so, lead in points scored. So, yeah, yeah, but they all doesn't nothing matters oh, until that last game. Know, I'm just saying that you're not you're not running away with it in the sense that no one can outscore you because I've outscored you twice. Now you and I, it's so unfortunate that you and I play each other not this week but next week where there's actually quite a few players i think on both our lineups we have some buys um which kind of sucks because i don't think we're going to have our best lineups against each other but it'll be kind of interesting to see next week how we do against each other even with the, even with a lot of people on buys. oh i'm very excited for that now i didn't realize we played each other next week yeah I th- i'm pretty sure it's next week because i remember noting oh it's too bad that I'm not good. Like, I don't care. You can beat me next week. It's not going to bother me because I have so many players on buys. Um, but then I checked and I think you have a couple uh, that are key. So I thought, Oh, we're not even going to have only like my quarterback match. actually. Well, your quarterback gets you yeah. something points. So. <laughs> so you have a great quarterback, but that's what I'm saying. Like you're going to be without your quarterback. I'm going to be without like at least my one best wide receiver, which is Diggs and Davis as well. But just like, let's just say, you know, your quarterback and digs kind of balance each other out, take out. It just sucks that we're not going to have that, right? Like, you know, you're going to have a scrub in and I'm going to have a scrub at wide receiver. Let's so. see, see. Battle of the benches. 
Battle of the benches next week. Yeah, for first place, which sucks. I wish we, I honestly do wish we played each other when before the bye weeks happen so we could just measure our teams against each other. But hey, guess what? We'll just wait until the Super Bowl. Again. Sounds good. Uh, some, some, that's where we played last year. We'll play in the Super Bowl. Again yeah. This year. <laughs> some busts uh, for the wide receiver position. Uh, Michael Gallup and, well, really the whole receiving core for the Cowboys didn't do too well. Robert Woods, Drake London, Darnell Mooney, Adam Thielen, A.J. Brown. Now, he, again, he only had three receptions for 32 yards. The Eagles weren't throwing the ball very much because they were doing so well on the ground. But uh, he's starting to split a lot more work with Devontae Smith as the season goes on and Dallas Goddard. So his, his ceiling seems to be coming down a bit from how he was doing in the first three weeks. Not enough to make you sit him by any means, because he's certainly always capable of having a great week, but might be more of a flex option now, might be a wide receiver too, depending on what your other options are. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, the entire Packers offense looked terrible for that game. But I guess that's what happens when you play the the Titans of football, the uh, New York football giants. Um. They are, uh, can, they're real. I just, I, the Giants are real. I don't understand it. I really don't. <laughs> because, yeah, w- like how they're doing so well. Because outside of Saquon Barkley, they've got nothing going. Like Daniel Jones is not an elite quarterback. None of their receivers are posting big no. games. They don't have a great tight end. So it's basically Barkley for running the offense. And then their defense is good, not great. And they've played some. They've played some not great offenses, but I definitely thought like if anyone was going to be able to show like, okay, the defense is not actually that great. It would be Aaron Rodgers, but maybe he doesn't travel well. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Isn't <laughs> oh, here great we go either. again. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. he isn't. <laughs> the, I'm sorry. The wheels just they fall do. off. Yeah. Of people. They're not, they're not inhuman. Like he's older too, but I'm just saying that like, he's not having a good year. And I think it's okay to admit. Fair enough. Fair enough. He, he can still be in the league. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, we'll move on to tight ends, though. And a little bit of a controversy, depending on your uh, your league and your, the format that you're in, because Taysom Hill was the top tight end on the week. And in some leagues, you he doesn't qualify as a tight end anymore. He qualifies as a quarterback. So if you were able to start Taysom Hill as a tight end, you had nine carries for 112 yards and three rushing touchdowns plus one throw for 22 yards and a passing touchdown. So if you were able, if based on your league format, if you could start Taysom Hill in your tight end slot, you won your week. Congratulations. If you sat him on your bench, Hmm. that sucks. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little confused as to the the other leagues saying he's a, uh, he's a quarterback. It's it's because, I, th- I can't remember if it was this past offseason or the previous one. The Saints basically switched gears and said, he's going to be our quarterback, and then it became he's going to be our backup quarterback. But he mm-hmm. plays all over the field, really, like running back, tight end. He he is a, yeah, a switch ba- blade of a player, but then it started to cause issues like this where, okay, well, how come it's fair to start Taysom Hill as a tight end when he's operating out as a quarterback for half the game? You know? So mm-hmm. some leagues and... um systems for fantasy football switched it and classified him as a quarterback and some kept him as a tight end others 
I think even some made them optional as both. I really don't know about that. Uh, I think I just heard that. But yeah, depending on what league you're in kind of dictates where you're allowed to play Taysom Hill. So I think after this weekend, that conversation is going to get renewed a little bit because that's an absolute cheat code at tight end. I mean, Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns last night and and Taysom Hill still did better. (laughs) Um, So moving on, Travis Kelsey, like I said, four touchdowns. He only had 25 yards. So all of his touchdowns were within the 20 yard line or closer. Another reason why Clyde Edwards Alaire did poorly because clearly they were just throwing the ball when they got in the red zone. Uh, Mark Andrews with Rashad Bateman gone, he was the main guy for the Ravens this week, same as uh, two weeks ago. And he had a lot to make up for last week when he did nothing. So eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard had a good game. Hayden Hurst, he's basically been the, the safety valve for Joe Burrow. David Njoku continued to have a great week. Evan Ingram surprisingly had a good game if you play in a PPR format. He was basically the only thing that was consistent in the Jaguars offense. He had six receptions for 60 yards. So if you started him in a PPR league, you got 12 points out of him, which is above the average for tight ends. So good enough. Some busts. Darren Waller last night, uh, unfortunately, left with a hamstring injury before he could get a reception. TJ Hawkinson played the entire game and only had one reception for six yards, so basically wasn't there. Gerald Everett, one reception, two yards. I don't know what the Chargers are doing. Uh, I know they were running well, like I said, with Austin Eckler against the Browns, but when you get in tight, that that's where Everett is a game changer. You know what I mean? Like he's a big body. He is a great mm-hmm. target for the red zone. Mm-hmm. And it seems like some weeks they want to use him for that. And other weeks they decide, no, we're not going to touch it. And this is one of those weeks. Uh, Anthony Ferkser, he took over for Kyle Pitts and did nothing. Pat Fryermuth, he left with concussion. And that's actually his third one while being in the NFL. So he might be out for a little bit of time especially after the new changes to the concussion protocols in the NFL. Um, Hopefully, for his sake, he's fine, and it's nothing long-term. And if he's on your fantasy team, I'm sure you're hoping he's back sooner than later. But it's scary stuff when you have that many concussions in. I think he's only been in the league for a year and a half. Uh, Mike Kosicki for the Dolphins. They're being led by their third-string QB, Skylar Thompson, after uh, Teddy Bridgewater was ruled out on the first play of the game. Maybe two is back this week. Maybe he's not, but I, I think Maybe. I think yeah. without him, it's going to be hard to trust anyone on the Dolphins moving forward. Definitely. Absolutely. Until two is back full-time and he's healthy, yeah, yeah. it's going to be. So moving on to our starts and sits, we'll start with quarterbacks. So we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, Geno Smith, and Kyler Murray. Who do you want to talk about, Mike? You got to sell me on Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. So last week they went against uh, the Carolina Panthers. Great game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Not saying much. The Carolina Panthers aren't a great team. We already talked about that at length. But now they're going up against the Atlanta Falcons, who Mm. on average so far this season have allowed an opposing QB to score 22 fantasy points a game against them <laughs> which is what which is what he got last week so if that's your minimum that's your base yeah your base is 22 <laughs> exactly so in, in fact the only quarterback to not score more than 20 points against the atlanta falcons so far this year has been jacoby Brissett, which 
is not very surprising considering how good the running uh how good the running backs are for the Cleveland Browns and it's mm. Jacoby Brissett. No one's expecting yeah. good things from that. So I think that he's going up against a team that is just letting people throw on them and why not start him if you if you're in that position where you're considering him, you might as well go for it against the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, for running backs. That makes sense. For running backs, we've got uh, Kenneth Walker the third, Austin Eckler, and Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, so Kenneth Walker the third. Talk, tell me a little bit more about him. I know you've you've mentioned him before, and I know you you're a fan of him. Um, but what what kind of makes you think he's he's the right choice? So I think that uh, he's now just going to fill in for Rashad Penny. He's going to take over that role for Seattle. We saw in. I think only a few plays and a few carries this week. He had a huge touchdown run. So he's got that big play upside this week. They're taking on the Arizona Cardinals who have a weak defense. I mean, Hmm. the Eagles just ran well against them. They didn't put up as much points as I think a lot of people thought they were going to, but the Eagles have for some reason been kind of like the Ravens and they can't score points in the second half very much. Right. Right. So whereas Rashad Penny or the Seahawks have been on a roll. They've been using Rashad Penny a lot. So I think Kenneth Walker is going to take over for that. And he, the, he was drafted to be the future of their backfield. And now it's happening in week five instead of farther down the road or maybe next season because of Rashad Penny's injury. So I think he should mm-hmm. be able to have a big player too this week. He sh- I would say maybe keep him as a flex if you're going to start him, if you have two other options, but uh, I think he's worth a start because of the matchup, and I think that they're going to lean on him. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely does seem like that offense is rolling. So if so long as the rest of the team continues to play well, he'll just fit in nicely. Yep, exactly. So we'll move on to wide receivers. Uh, Christian Kirk and Devin Duvernay for this week's starts at wide receiver. Hmm. Okay, talk, talk to me about Duvernay. So if Duvernay... If, if Rashad Bateman is active, Duvernay's upside is going to go down a lot. If Rashad mm-hmm. Bateman misses another week, Duvernay has been the wide receiver one for the, the team in his absence, and he's started to become a pretty regular target for Lamar Jackson. And he does the kick returns for the team. So if, you're, if your league scores um, touchdowns on the kick return or punt returns, he's, a, he's broken one so far, and he almost broke a second one not too long ago. So that's always a good bonus upside for him but uh, I, I would stick to playing Duvernay if you're in a PPR league just with mm-hmm. with the targets coming his way I mean Mark Andrews is always going to be the main guy and Rashad Bateman has Lamar Jackson's trust but if he's gone some the targets have to go somewhere and they've been going to Duvernay over the past two weeks yeah so tight end starts for the week are Tyler Higby, Tyler Conklin and Daniel Bellinger Apparently, I couldn't find a third Tyler. Um, yeah, we're going to go all Tylers. Um, I mean, Higby's been so... I mean, oh, this is a hard position like we've talked about many times. But tell tell me what you're you're seeing that's making you think that, that Higby's the right, right choice. Well, I know we talked about him a few weeks ago as a sit candidate because his targets were going down. So since then, his targets have jumped mm-hmm. back up. And he's been averaging 12 targets a game over the past two weeks. That's gone hand in hand with the fact that over the past two weeks, the Rams rushing has been terrible. They've had a combined total of 95 rushing yards for the entire team. 
in the past two weeks. So something mm. is going wrong in that backfield, whether it's they don't want to run the ball or they can't run the ball, but it's making making them throw and go back to the numbers that we saw at the start of the season for Matthew Stafford. And Higby has cemented himself as the second target on the team behind Cooper Cup. Right. And at this point in the season, I think we've learned any tight end who's getting a lot of targets is worth starting because it's just so bleak out there. No, it's true. It's very true. So we'll move into some sits. Uh, we've got uh, Cooper Rush and Russell Wilson this week. <laughs> okay, you're you're finally off the Cooper Rush train. I have <laughs> not that you were ever on the Cooper Rush train. I but. have never been on the <laughs> Cooper Rush train, and I just don't understand how they are winning with. How is he undefeated in the NFL? I don't get it. I, I don't know. the The Cowboys didn't even play good last week. I mean, their defense is carrying them at this point. Like he threw for 101, he had 101 total yards last week because he lost a yard rushing. <laughs> How does an NFL team win like that? Their running backs didn't have good games either, so it's not like they ran the yeah. ball the whole time. But okay, this week they're going up against the Eagles. The Eagles defense has been amazing, and Jalen Hurts is going to pump the score, so they're going to have to have Cooper Rush throwing the ball. And it, like last week, that didn't work out very well. He had 101 total yards. I mean. The Eagles defense has only allowed two quarterbacks to finish as a top 12 fantasy option so far. Cooper Rush is not going to be the third. I, I will be blown away if they pull off the victory, let alone if Cooper Rush has a good week this week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, moving on to running backs. We got Raheem Mostert, J.K. Dobbins, and Tyler Algier. Yeah, Algier. Um, talk a little bit about him. I mean, he's kind of a, at least to me, he's a bit of a new face when it comes to to fantasy. Um, so talk to me a little bit about him. So with Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams being on the, the IR, it's basically been Algier's backfield um, based on necessity, not because they thought that he was the best option. And now they're going up against a very strong 49ers run defense who have not allowed a single running back to have more than 58 rushing yards in a game so far this year. Hmm. So despite some injuries that uh, the 49ers had against the Carolina Panthers, I think uh, Nick Boza is supposed to be fine to play. And uh, their other option, their other injuries uh, don't impact the running game too much. So I think that run defense will still be just as strong. And I just can't see Tyler Algier breaking off a lot of big yards like he might he might get some goal line work and and sneak in a touchdown but i think that the falcons are gonna have to beat uh beat the 49ers through the air especially with uh i can't think of his name right now the cornerback for uh, the san francisco 49ers uh, it sounds like mm-hmm. he tore his acl so he's gonna be out for the year so that's gonna be a big blow for their pass coverage and so i think that they're gonna lean on drake london and potentially kyle pitts if he's back next week right right so if wide receiver sits for this week, we got Michael Gallup and Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, Gallup makes sense for just everything that you just said about Cooper Rush anyway. Um, but I mean, I just acquired Michael Pittman Jr. Why Why are we sitting him all of a sudden? I, I'll fully disclose, I am a huge fan of Michael Pittman Jr. I yeah. expected him to have a huge year this year. And unfortunately for him, he is catching fa- he is catching footballs from Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah and not that matt ryan is a terrible quarterback like he was an mvp at one point 
but he's getting older and he's very much a pocket passer and he needs to have a good pocket to do what he does best. And for whatever reason, the Colts offensive line has been terrible this year. It was rated one of the best last season. And now this year, Matt Ryan is getting slaughtered back there and he's getting forced mm-hmm. to throw the ball. So he's not accurate. The whole offense isn't working. They've lost Jonathan Taylor. Hopefully they'll have him back for this week. I haven't heard uh, yeah. if they're expecting him to or not. If he's in, that might help with Michael Pittman. If mm-hmm. if he's out, then they've got nothing working for them on the ground. And they're going up against yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we already talked about. For whatever reason, seem to have the Colts number. So yeah. I'm just not willing to bet against the Jacksonville Jaguars in this matchup, even with how badly they've been playing. Because at this point, yeah. you've got two defenses who were expected to be good, not doing well. And two offenses who started off strong and since then have gone downhill very fast. So I think this could be a pretty, pretty bad game to watch. And I just don't think that uh, Michael Pittman's going to get enough upside this week to be worth putting your starting lineup. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And I think what you said makes sense. I mean, if Jonathan Taylor can come back and is healthy, that might change the scope of that game. But if he's out or playing in a limited capacity, then yeah, that might that might make it more difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely nothing against Michael Pittman Jr. It's just the matchup and the guys that he's stuck with. I, I don't like it this week. Yeah. And we'll finish with some tight ends. So David Njoku and Gerald Everett. Yeah, talk about Njoku. So pretty much the same as Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Njoku. I think he's started his breakout and he's going to have a great season. Unfortunately, he's going up against the New England Patriots this week. And as we just learned from uh, TJ Hawkinson, that doesn't go well for the stars (laughs) of their receiving game. Um, Amari Cooper had a decent week. Hawkinson had nothing. Sorry, I'm... had a decent week last week. I think that he's going to be the main guy that they go with this week. Hawkinson had nothing last week, and I don't think Mm. Njoku is going to have much this week. Throughout the five weeks, the Patriots defense has allowed, on average, a tight end to score 10.2 fantasy points in PPR leagues, but that includes a great game by Mark Andrews in week three, who I think he finished with two touchdowns and like 28 fantasy points or something like that. Oh, yeah, something like that, like a lot. Yeah, yeah so if you take out that one huge week, that number actually drops down to 6.2 fantasy points a game in PPR formats. Mm. So if you have another option, this might be a good time to give Njoku the week off. But like we've talked about for the past few weeks, I get it if you have to start with him because you don't have another option. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's been the one position this year that has been just the toughest no matter what you do you're pretty much risking it unless you have two or three guys like it's it's pretty tough exactly exactly well great so there you go that's the that's everyone for starts and sisters week we do have a fan question uh, all right came in over email so let's tackle that uh this comes from ian uh and i think if i think this might have been sent before yes i do believe it was before the lions game uh, this week. So Ian said, uh, do you think that Goff and the Lions are worth sticking with for most of this year? Their offensive game has seemed solid, but how long do you realistically think 
you should be keeping them in the lineup? Do you think the gas will simply run out or will Goff with his key targets be someone you should consider each week? So Goff and the Lions offensive players seems to be the question. What what would you do with them at this point? I think I would probably keep Goff. Definitely Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift, obviously, because they are very strong fantasy players. But with Goff, I mean, the defense is terrible. That's not going to change as the season goes on. So they're going to be playing from behind all year long. And that, as weirdly as it is, is great for fantasy football quarterbacks. If they're in yeah. a position where they have to pass a lot, you want them on your team. Um, it kind of brings back Jameis Winston from a few seasons ago. Like he was, he would go and throw a pick six, and then come back on the field and throw a huge touchdown bomb, and you were fine with it because he was doing great for fantasy. Jared Goff is unfortunately not doesn't have as many good receiving weapons, especially with Amon Ross St. Brown limited. But once he's back to being on the field and once he has DeAndre Swift to kind of even out the offense a little bit, he's still going to be throwing a ton of times a week and it's going to keep going on and down the line, especially towards fantasy championships. So if, if your fantasy football playoffs are weeks 15 to 17, like I think most are most seem to be yeah. the Lions play the Jets, the Panthers and the Bears. Mm. So that's three weak defenses that he should be able to exploit pretty easily. And the Jets have been able to pump up the score. I mean, they just scored 40 points on Miami. So that could be a, that could end up being a shootout. Carolina Panthers, we'll see what they're looking like at the end of the year. But with Christian McCaffrey on the other side of the ball, you're definitely going to want to keep throwing. And Chicago Bears, I don't know what that's going to look like, but their defense has not been great either. So you're still going to have some great matchups. As long as you can make it there with, with Jared Goff, man in the helm, Maybe rotate him out with another option if you have someone for those bad matchups. You know, like you got you got Buffalo in week 12. He's probably going to have to throw a ton in that game, but it's up against a very strong defense, so his ceiling might be limited there. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's fair. You th- Those are some pretty favorable matchups into the playoffs. Like if you have Goff, you, you could be in a position to really surprise your opponent in the playoffs. If, if Goff can have a couple good weeks with, with that group, like that's a, that's a really good, I wonder how I, I've been wondering how other leagues do their playoff format. Cause I know with ours, we, we have eight teams make it and four don't of, of the 12. I'm wondering if the ratio is that big. Cause really, you just got to slip into the playoffs. Like the regular season will, might give you a good seating, but the idea is you've just got to get in the playoffs and then your players have to do well because you can surprise people each week. We've had a couple surprise victories in our in our history in the playoffs just for, like you're saying, matchups. Yep. Oh. You're suddenly you're playing Jared Goff at a good matchup and boom, yep. there you go. Any, anything can happen if you make it to the playoffs. So I think, I think he's worth stashing and keeping on your bench because – from what we've seen so far, and even when he's playing against good defenses, like the Philadelphia Eagles, the Lions scored 35 points in that game. Jared Goff had a great week, but he had all of his weapons available. Right. So now going up against a tough defense without them, went downhill. So like week seven matchup against the Cowboys, unless he's got Swift and Omnirov back at full health, probably don't want to play him very much there. But then yeah. after that, we've got the Dolphins, whose defense has not been that great this year. The Packers, the Bears, the Giants. Like He's got a lot of good matchups that he should be able to score a lot of good points in. 
And like I said, if you've got Amonara St. Brown or DeAndre Swift, their value is too high for you to consider dropping. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's totally fair. I think that's a good answer because that uh, even though they had a rough week this week, I don't think that's going to be their story. I think it's definitely going to be. Yeah, I, I would not have recommended starting him this week against the Patriots just because of how strong their defense is. But outside of a few matchups like that, again, why not? He's doing well. Play the hot hand. Play the hot hand. <laughs> like if you yeah, you got someone who's on a roll. Yeah, stick with it. And him. I mean, if you're in the position <laughs> where you're considering Jared Goff, then that probably means you're either streaming quarterbacks or you drafted Trey Lance or someone like that, and now they're out. You had Dak Prescott. Mm. Something's gone on. Like Jared Goff should not have been your answer from day one, right? No, he should be your backup. Yeah, but now if you're in that position where you're streaming. He's a great stream for quite a few weeks, especially as we get towards playoffs. So now all you need to do is find a decent alternative for those really bad matchups for Goff. And I don't see why you shouldn't have a good quarterback every single week to carry your team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's that's absolutely fair. That's a fair point. So thank you uh, for your oh, question there, Ian. And uh, yeah, to everyone else, you can email us at uh, contact at conquer your draft. Or you can go to our website on our podcast page and fill out the form there as well. And uh, Mike, you can let them know about our social media. Yeah, you can follow us at Conquer Your Draft. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can follow us there. Um, everything does redirect and kind of brings you back to the website for all the articles. But we post when we've got new content, new uh, podcasts go there, new article posts so we keep social media up to date so it's a good way to kind of get get the information from us so be sure to check us out facebook instagram twitter at conquer your draft all right everyone thanks for joining us this week and uh, good luck with your matchups